The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It's eight minutes after eight. And I tell you, so looking forward to this discussion because off air, um, I'm having this discussion with uh, Nomaku Gunyati, one of our uh, guests this morning, about our topic. And this morning, we are talking about the right to freedom of speech and expression. And of course, I need not say too much, given what we have experienced in the first few weeks of 2016. But Chapter 2 of the Constitution states that there shall be freedom of thought, speech, expression and opinion, including a free press, which shall report and comment fairly and respect the right to reply. Freedom of speech and expression, which is entrenched in the South African Constitution, relates to the liberty to hold opinions and to impart and or receive these, as well as ideas and information to others in any form. Our Constitution makes provision for the right to freedom of expression as a fundamental right. And as the Freedom of Expression Institute argues, this right is a vital part of the democratic process. However, the right does not extend to any advocacy of hatred that is based on race, ethnicity, gender or religion. We live in a country committed to a society based on a constitutionally protected culture of openness and democracy and universal human rights for South Africans of all ages, classes and colors. So this morning on the Forum at 8, we ask, do South Africans understand the right to freedom of speech and expression? What are your views? 891 uh, Get dialing. Uh, we want to hear your views this morning, desperately so. And we also um, want to uh, read your messages. SMS us on 34701. Uh, that will cost you one rand. You can also tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendu. Let me formally introduce our guest now, uh, Nomakugu Nyati, who is a researcher at the Freedom of Expression Institute. Thanks for coming through. Thank you, Sakina. And we also have on the line uh, Lawson Naidu, who is Executive Secretary at the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution, KSAC. Thanks for your time once again, Lawson. Uh, good morning, Sakina. Now, Lawson, let me start with you. When these provisions were written into our Constitution, what did the writers of the Constitution have in mind? Um, thanks, uh, Sakina. I think first, you know, we must uh, understand that the right to freedom of extra- expression is a universal right that over centuries has been developed in various uh, other countries as, as a foundational right for, to the notion of de- democracy. It is, right, it is a right that exists to give meaning and content uh, to a democratic society by facilitating and promoting democratic discourse, truth-seeking, and personal fulfillment. And I think that's the, the overarching thing that we need to keep in our, at the back of our minds at all times. Within the South African context, I think it's, you know, you've, you've read uh, the, the, the relevant sections of chapter, in Chapter 2, the Bill of Rights of the Constitution. But I think that uh, all of the rights in the Constitution really also need to be read and understood and interpreted in the context of the preamble of, uh, of the South African Constitution. And I think the part of the preamble that is perhaps most pertinent when, when looking at the right to freedom of expression, it says that the Constitution to heal the divisions of the past and establish a society based on democratic values, social justice, and fundamental human rights. Now, those human rights include, in particular, 
the right to equality, set out in Section 9 of the Constitution, the right to dignity, that is articulated in Section 10. So I think we need to look at the right to freedom of expression uh, in, in uh, being balanced against the, the, those other rights. So in addition to, uh, to, to the restrictions that you've already alluded to uh, that, that uh, emanate from um, Section 16.2 of the, uh, uh, of the Constitution that uh, does not extend to propaganda for war, incitement to in imminent violence, or adv advocacy uh, of hatred based on race, ethnicity, uh, gender, or religion. Uh, those, uh, those exclusions uh, um, uh, must also be seen in, in the context of the other rights that, that exist uh, within the Constitution. So I think to, to, for, uh, to speak of an absolute right of freedom of expression uh, is absolutely incorrect. It doesn't exist in any society. So we have, for example, laws on defamation. We have laws against child pornography. Those are, those are restrictions on the right to freedom of expression. So we, must need, we need to understand that the right exists insofar as helping to, to, uh, to entrench and consolidate and, and uh, promote democracy in, in, within South Africa. And I think it would be helpful uh, slightly later on if we get to examples uh, to illustrate what we mean with some of these. But as someone who works in this field and, and, and comes across these things on a daily basis, Nomakugu, um, do you think that South Africans actually understand this right? I think people do understand that the right is granted to everyone. People understand that it's their right to express themselves. Um, South Africa is sometimes dubbed the capital of protest. That's just evident that people know that they have a right to freedom of expression. But with the debates that have been going on in, on social media, it's very evident that people are not aware of the limitations of the right. So um, limitations of the right and also the fact that the right to freedom of expression is about constructive dialogue. It's about putting out an issue, even though it might sting a little, it might offend some people a little bit, but it's about putting out um, constructive contribution out into the public. It has to do with good faith as well. The intentions must be to, to generate a, a useful debate uh, but, you know, clearly there's, there's a conflation of issues where you see some, some, issue, some statements that are freedom of expression now being said to be racist and, and all that. So that just shows that there is a, 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 a misunderstanding of what the right really entails. And we as the Freedom of Expression, our Freedom of Expression Institute, do educate communities, try to educate communities on, on how to protest peacefully and how to protest the right way legally. Um, so, and then we do find that people, people then uh, exercise their right to protest without considering the the laws around uh, the laws linked to the Regulations of Gatherings Act. So, yeah. And very interestingly, um, just looking at some of the messages coming through already, uh, for example, Tando Gulte says, everyone has the right to freedom of expression as long as that right does not infringe on another person's right, which uh, Lawson has already uh, touched upon, that uh, it is not an absolute right. Uh, Major General Elias Chinemo says, people must know that if their words are going to discriminate, hurt or insult others, it's no longer freedom of expression. And I guess for me, this is where it starts getting interesting because um, we spoke about um, these limitations that exist. But sometimes it seems as though people think that that extends to the right to not be offended. Lawson? Well, you know, uh, 
This is where we, you know, we have, in terms of uh, the right to equality in the Constitution, we have a, a piece of legislation in South Africa, um, uh, commonly referred to as, as the Equality Act, which is the Promotion of Equality and Prevention of Unfair Discrimination Act, uh, which deals specifically with the with the issue of hate speech. Um, and, you know, what it says is that it, it's not just about it being insulting, uh, that the that the speech that is that is defined as hate speech uh, must advocate hatred or incite incitement to commit harm. So it's not just being insulting, but to commit harm. Obviously, uh, uh, you know, so so that that's the um, the ambit of of, of the definition uh, within the act that it includes any speech that can reasonably be construed to have an intention to be hurtful. Uh, so I think we need to be, keep that in mind. And, and you know, another point worth mentioning, uh, uh, perhaps now, is that in you know the, the jurisprudence around uh, hate speech in South Africa is really underdeveloped. There haven't been many cases that have gone to the Equality Court. Um, there was the uh, quite infamous Julius Malema hate speech uh, shoot the Boer case uh, a few years ago, which unfortunately was, uh, from a jurisprudential point of view, was uh, settled in this, uh, before the uh, Supreme Court of Appeal, before the court had a chance to pronounce on the scope and ambit of the, uh, uh, of the concept of, of hate speech. Uh, so looking at uh, examples from, from other jurisdictions, we would see, for example, that it is accepted that someone who, is in, who holds public office uh, should, in a sense, have a thicker skin than an ordinary private individual, and that the uh, uh, speech directed at those people uh, may be interpreted by the courts in a different way. And um, very interestingly, um, let's come back to uh, something that you touched on, uh, Nomagugu, about uh, where something someone has uh, expressed an opinion and it's been construed as, as, as um, racism. Zuma must fall. The whole debacle that played out in Cape Town over the weekend, was that racist or was that merely free speech? Well, okay, there's, there's two issues. Um, first of all, the legality of just mounting a banner on a building illegally. So I agree with the fact that it was illegal putting that banner up, but the statement itself doesn't um, qualify as racist because there's no clear and a reasonable person would not construe it as racist. It's not, it's not clear. It's not straightforward. Uh, it's not like if somebody uses the K-word or uses words that we know that are historically racist. Um, so this is a, a political, for me, it's a political comment because it's referring to our political leader and people that are, are, are not happy with him. So it's it's fair comment. Um, and, and I think, I suspect that if this, if that statement would have gone to the equality courts, it would not qualify as hate speech because there's no direct intention to harm. There's no incitement of violence clear in that statement. Um, there's no propagation of war in that statement. But we've seen what a political football it has become. And one just fears that some people would have been misled by some of the commentary around that particular issue. But do you think, Lawson, that political speech should be more vigorously protected than other forms of expression? Absolutely. And I think that's the point I was trying to make just now. That speech targeted at, at uh, people holding political office, uh, political office in particular, um, it, it, it should be treated slightly differently because it is part of the robust discourse that is absolutely an essential ingredient within a vibrant democracy. That we need to be able to uh, to, to exchange political views 
uh, in a manner that is vigorous, without being insulting, without being demeaning, uh, and to do it in a manner that, that is a contestation of ideas. Now, this, the Zuma must form may, may seem to be a crude mechanism of, of making a political point, uh, as crude as it might be, as Noma Gugu has explained, it, it cannot be, uh, be construed to be racist speech in, 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 in any way in terms of, of how, that is, um, how that is defined in, in the Equality Act that I ju- I've just referred to. So I think, uh, you know, for example, we also have the issue of um, parliamentary privilege within Parliament where members of Parliament are freer than people outside of Parliament to, to, to raise issues. And, and to exercise the right of freedom of expression. And it is there for a very specific reason, because it acknowledges the role that uh, open discourse plays within, within a democratic culture and within a democratic society. So I think we also need to keep that in mind uh, when looking at the issue of freedom of expression, and in particular, what constraints there might be on that right. And I want to get into examples, more examples, and uh, the lines are open, 891 uh, This one uh, came in this morning uh, when we uh, announced that this topic will be discussed. It says, using the phrase, Lily White is racist. Uh, imagine if I said, Blacky Black, am I now also classified a racist? No, my Google? Well, it depends on the context. Um, the context matters all the time. So uh, there's no context there. Um, on face value, it doesn't seem. It seems like a, a mere insult might insult someone at the at the, at the esteem, self-esteem, at the ego level, but may, but but may not insult somebody um, at the identity, at the level of identity. Because we must remember also, hate speech is not is not a speech that attacks the ego, the person's ego. It attacks the person's identity. And it must be clear that it attacks the person's identity for purposes of excluding that person, for purposes of saying uh, dehumanizing that person. So those statements don't, don't really qualify as hate speech in my view. So, and, and, and these are the conversations that I do believe uh, we ought to be having, you know, more often because uh, the way you're explaining it now, crystal clear. And I think it's so important uh, that we actually uh, get to understand this. This one here from uh, Makeba says, whose freedom is it to insult black people and defend those who insult them as free to do so? Why should the freedom of speech tolerate humiliation and dehumanization of black people? We, we, uh, we, why must freedom of speech tolerate calls to overthrow legitimate governments and the president? Going back to that Zuma must fall um, uh, message in Cape Town over the weekend, Noma Gugu. I'm not sure I get the that question. Is the is the person saying why? Can you just clarify again, please? So he's saying, uh, you know, what gives people the right to insult mm. others? under the gaze, under the banner of, uh, under the guise of uh, freedom of speech. He says, why should the freedom of speech tolerate humiliation and dehumanization of black people? Um, well, again, it, then it wouldn't be freedom of, of speech, or freedom of expression, if it clearly dehumanizes black people. So there's no tolerance of dehumanizing of black people. I think that, um, as we've been talking, that racism is excluded from pr- protection as freedom of expression. It's it's very clear. I think that the question is self-explanatory given the, the discussion we've had and what's stated in the Constitution.
Well, 891 taking your questions now. We're talking about freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and I don't necessarily want to raise the examples. I'd prefer that you do so, so that we can get clarity on the issues that may be a bit sticky at this point. Let's go to Nelspreet. Silo, good morning. Uh, morning, Sakina. I, I don't agree with your, your guest who's saying Zumama's fall poster or emblem or whatever that was pasted in Cape Town is not inciting violence and has got no uh, racial connotation. It has. Let me give you uh, uh, my, my side of the story. You see, in South Africa, we have regular elections in every five years. And if a person wakes up and say the president of the country must fall, is calling for the for for the overthrowing of government. Is calling for cop d'etat. Is calling for uh, social injustice. You know, is calling for, for for violence. And 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 Zuma is a is a leader of a democratic country, leading the ANC, which is majority in government. You had number of individuals that are not elected by the people, even during the time of apartheid, who were white. These people never never talked about uh, the cleric or border must fall and other things. They will only say that because they don't believe in black people. They will only say that because Zuma is black. They will only say that because they think we are monkeys, we are baboons. It's what they are saying. So I, I don't agree with your case. All right. Thank you so much, Silo. Um, let's give this one to Lawson first. Lawson? It's it's a stretch to say that uh, um, a slogan uh, or a hashtag Zumba must fall is, is something that is, that is inciting violence. I think it's legitimate co- political comment. It, politically, it may uh, it may, as I said earlier, may be rather crude, uh, but I don't see that it that makes it racist in any way. Uh, and your caller, uh, you know, expresses the the concern that these people didn't say this uh, under apartheid. But those of us that were, and those people who are engaged in the, in the struggle for liberation in South Africa certainly call for the demise of apartheid leaders, even though uh, that, that was, that was um, unlawful at the time. So the right to, to, express, uh, to express a view is a legitimate right, whether it was uh, uh, lawful or not uh, under the system of apartheid. It was done because it was an internationally recognized right of freedom of expression. In the same way that, that an attack, even on a democratically elected leader, uh, such as uh, President Zuma, is, is a political statement. And it, it, is not, it cannot necessarily be construed as, as incitement to violence, uh, as, as a call to, to, uh, for a coup d'etat. Uh, it, is, it is political comment. It is, it is comment about the, the state of the country. And I think uh, what we mean, and not everyone will obviously agree with the statement, the right of someone to make a statement that has political connotations is a right that really must be protected. Talking about freedom of speech and expression, what does it mean? Uh, do we understand uh, this particular provision of our constitution as South Africans? That's what we're grappling with this morning. Our guest, uh, Lawson Naidu of KSAC, as well as uh, Noma Gugunyati of the Freedom of Expression Institute. Noma Gugu, your response to what Silo was saying? Zuma must fall is an expression of opposition, opposing the, the, the current government. And the fact that opposition parties are allowed means that they must believe that um, they should be in power instead of the government that's there. And so I think what the caller is saying that um, when people express opposition, 
to an existing government that should call that should incite violence i think it is far fetched far fetched like lawson is saying the existing the existing we we all know that uh there are people that oppose government and that has never necessarily uh, incited violence um to the magnitude that we might be very afraid of so i think that is is not there's there's not much substance in saying that that statement will cause mass violence and um yeah so let me read some of the messages because we only have like a minute to news time and rather than take calls we'd rather come back and do that after the news break duduzi says um if you want someone to fall uh that is not a hate speech uh, that shows that you hate that person and duduzi says how how come that is not construed as hate speech because you are saying the person must fall so hate, so hate speech hate speech is not about hating individuals hate speech specific individuals is not personal um, as such it's to do with groups it's to do with an identifiable group a group that um a group like a race uh, people who speak the same language or people of the same sex or gender so to answer that question simply hate speech does not uh, does not uh, extend to personal personal uh, tensions as you said earlier that's not about your ego and uh, you've got to remove the ego from this at this point and uh, just running through uh, some of your messages before i get to the calls uh, moloto motapo says um you have two guests who agree on everything what's the purpose how is this a debate well it's not essentially a debate uh, moloto motapo uh, this was set out to be a discussion in trying to answer the question as to whether we actually understand what freedom of speech and freedom of expression actually means but we shall not infringe on your freedom to call in and perhaps challenge our guests if uh, you would like to do so tabang petla says our folks really needed a lesson in what hate speech is uh, people don't want anyone to touch zuma on his studio uh, cooper says i think silo is misguided the statement says zuma must fall not anc must fall how is that a coup d'etat uh, luvuyo says how can your guests say that hate speech is not not applicable personally it only speaks to groups i don't understand that maybe you can clarify noma google well um what i mean by it doesn't apply it it applies to group i mean it applies to your group your identity as a person in relation to a group not your own personal definition of yourself so if someone calls you stupid that's not hate speech but if someone calls you the keyword that becomes hate speech because now links your own how you view yourself in relation to a, a broader group and then a few others as well from our sms's uh, tk says the hashtag zuma must fall campaign is now branded as racist by politicians i'm black i'm a member of the anc and i vote but i'm unhappy with zuma and want him gone this one says uh, there's no problem offending a person whose opinion supports uh, criminality i'm not quite sure i understand that uh, maybe you can send another one to clarify uh, percival sitole in petrativ says uh, think first before you speak because you may say it uh, it is your right but you have a responsibility to respect others and then uh, this one says uh, perhaps south africans black and white should think about this quote from uh, td jakes if you hold on to your history you don't reach your destiny uh, when we all going when are we all going to stop this awful name calling and move forward carl says uh, please do not forget 
black racism. Stay in KZN. Sakina, truly speaking, Africans in their nature are not racist, uh, but when they react uh, to what offends them, then they are called racist. This is incredible. William in Cape Town says, please discuss the Chris Hart example. And I wanted to get to that one. So thanks for raising it, um, William. Um, Velapi, uh, this one says, what about Velapi, Kumalo and others? Um, it has to work both ways. Kumalo promoted violence and hate speech, not only racism. He has not been fired or properly disciplined. Zuma must fall is not racist. Most of us don't care what color he is. It's about his competence. That's from Steve in uh, Durban. Joy in KZN says no action has been taken about the person who threatened to set alight the building, uh, including the white people in it. That evidently is perfectly okay, but it's racist. So, a lot being said. Uh, Lawson uh, Lawson Knight, what's your take on all of this? Well, I think we're we're, we're getting into the meat of it now, Sakina. Exactly. With with, with some of those examples (laughs) that are there. Uh, But perhaps if I can start by... by, uh, mentioning another example that hasn't been uh, raised by any of the callers uh, as yet, but another one that has been very much in the public domain. And uh, that is the issue relating to Gareth Cliff. And uh, we will recall that Gareth tweeted that whilst he he, uh, vehemently disagreed uh, with what Penny Sparrow had had said, he then tweeted and said that people really don't understand freedom of of expression, uh, freedom of speech at all. And it was that part of his his, uh, tweet that uh, seems to have gotten in, into trouble. But the irony of this, now having said that, he then uh, is in the process of instituting a claim against uh, Mnet or DSTV uh, on, uh, on the issue of defamation. Now, it, it, it is that very issue of understanding freedom of speech that there are limitations on it, which he claims that others didn't understand, and yet is now... Uh, using that very, very same right of, of, of the restriction of freedom of speech to pursue a legal action against um, uh, against MNET. So I think uh, you know that that really encapsulates the the difficulty of the issue. Uh, with some of what, what's just been raised now, I mean, I think you know there are very clear issues. Uh, the ANC MP that called for the building to be to be to be burnt down is a clear uh, infringement of the law and should be acted upon. Um, you know, that, that, that's at one extreme. The Chris Hart example uh, that, that has also been, been raised is, is another one. And I think, that, you know, uh, there, there may be strong views either way on this. And, and I've heard uh, p- people uh, argue persuasively on both sides that, one, that it is racist, secondly, that it's not. What I think is, it, is, it is clear that the comments were highly insensitive given our, very, uh, given our political history in South Africa, given the history of, of apartheid and racial uh, discrimination within South Africa, that the comments that, that Chris Hart made were, were open to interpret, interpretation in, in a manner that undermined the dignity of, of, of black people. And I think the response that came, uh, even though it wasn't a, a direct response to, um, to Chris Hart, the response from some uh, Shabalala at, um, uh, uh, the, uh, at, at Standard Bank was very much dealing with the issue of, uh, of how, that, how comments like that can be seen to be insensitive, how they're interpreted by people who've endured the pain and suffering of apartheid. So I think it, it, it gets us to, to a space where we need to understand that the, the nature of public discourse uh, is, really, really, is really important, particularly given our, our, uh, our past, 
that racist speech is harmful, it undermines the values of the Constitution, and it has the potential to sow social discord. So we really do need to be very careful in how we uh, communicate with each other. Even, way, even though we may disagree fundamentally, there is a manner of, of, of expressing that, that disagreement in a, in a way that doesn't de- uh, undermine the human dignity of other South Africans. And, of course, we're going to take your calls now on 891 Lorraine in Morningside in Durban, good morning. Good morning, Sakina, to you and your guests and to the public. <clears throat> I'd just like to remind South Africans about, and I think most of them know, about what the use of the word nigger have, uh, have caused to happen in America. And our memories are very short-lived because they're still dealing with the strain of that term about who's, uh, has the right to use the word and who doesn't. And yet on television, uh, I use Date My Family as an example. Not so long ago, we had black on black, in my view, um, racist views because the ladies were saying they want men who are light-skinned. That shocked the life out of me. So there's a very fine line between what we perceive as racist and not. And I was actually quite even more shocked that they aired that on television and it wasn't edited. And also there's a fine line between comedy and what we say in real life. So we've got to be very cautious in South Africa about language we use, whether it's in public or private, because normally the way you speak when you're around your friends is the way you speak when you're in public and no sooner you realize that you made such a big blunder. Take the instance of the business with Indians in, in KZN and all the racist issues that were going on. When does it ever stop? Can we not just accept people as people rather than the terms? Even the term colored for some seems offensive. But remember, bearing in mind our history, for others it's an acceptable term. So you can't impose on somebody what you think the colored term means and what it should mean to others. I have so much more to say as usual, but I'm just going to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Lorraine and Durban. Uh, KGM is in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and to your guest. Sakina, for me, I think the, the issue here is the Constitution. The, the Constitution is the pinnacle of a problem that we have as a country and as a society. And I'll give you a quick example. Um, the, the example that the, the previous caller talked to, the issue of who is, is permitted to say what and where. As a comedian, you are free to say anything, racial and, 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 and not. People, South Africans or people in general, understand that to be comedy. We've seen more and more people becoming comedians so that they can express their views. No matter how racial they are, we seem to accept it. Where is it protected in the Constitution? You don't see it. Now, historically, as South Africans, if I speak about something that is offensive to me as a so-called black South African, I will talk from a black South African's point of view. If a white person do the same, they will talk from a white person's point of view, and so is Indian and colored and so forth. Now, if we are not going to understand that there are those dynamics in ourselves as a community or as a nation, we're going to be at lockerheads. So why does the Constitution therefore protect the so-called freedom of speech without limitations and claim that there are limitations, whereas there, are, there is no clear regulations in the Constitution that says you are infringing when you do this specific act? 
But is it then not uh, clear enough if it says that uh, you are in violation if um, uh, your 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 speech actually is based on hatred, on um, race discrimination, uh, ethnicity, gender, or religion? Is that not explicit enough? If it was explicit enough, we would not be having this discussion. When we say hate, right now your your guests are at at hard trying to explain what hate means. We have different understandings of that because the Constitution is not clear on it. Otherwise, we would be understanding it together the same way. Okay, that's KGM in Cape Town. Simpiwe in Jeffreys Bay. Hi, Sakina, and hi to, and hi to your guest. I, I think, first and foremost, I want to agree with the view that pyramid uh, that wants to bankrupt the way we think. Okay, Simpiwe, that line, um, not good. We'll come back to you. Let's... Uh, uh, let's go to uh, Tapelo in Bloemfontein. Okay, problem there with the lines. We'll come back to them in a moment. Uh, but uh, maybe starting off with what KGM was saying there, uh, Nomakuku. Yes, uh, I think it's just a matter of us developing our jurisprudence and having more cases as these. We are getting more cases and um, these cases might go to the quality court and we might get a sense of where we really stand. And they do take time to, it does take time to come to decisions. But I just want to um, highlight on that um, issue of comedy and, mm. comedy and racism. Um, Section 12 of the Equality Act does mention that um, artistic expression and academic and scientific inquiry as well as work by the media has a, a notch up of protection when it comes to, to expression because those more modems of communications, those modes of, of, of communication are usually um, intended to, to put out constructive debate constructive debate and our courts look, look at uh, comedy as a way of comic relief uh, comic relief, relie- relieving us from the hard issues we can't talk about. Those issues can be um, I- expressed through, through comedy. So uh, th- that's that's our approach in general. But also interesting that black-on-black racism, there has been a case in the Equality Court where another black person called another one, okay, the K-word, and... Uh, the court actually dismissed the case. Uh, when I read the case, I, I don't get clarity on what the the logic of that equality of that court was to dismiss the case. So it's it's very contentious, and in, in, again, it goes back to to context. It's a matter of context, and I think I I agree with the caller in terms of outlining and putting examples of what might qualify as hate speech and and what might not. There's need to expand it. There's need to 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 put examples if there must be examples. There is what they call the equality equality review committee, that is a designated committee that's supposed to look into these issues and to define them even more. So there's room for us to push for the Equality Act to be more expansive on what it, what hate speech really means and also maybe to be a little bit more narrow on what it means because people uh, b- being hurt being hurt does not necessarily mean that um, it's also hate speech so those fine lines fine lines really need to be clarified by narrowing it down and pinning it down that hatred means an intense emotion. It's not just in a simple, it's an intense emotion that shows deep hatred of, of somebody and the wish that they actually don't exist. Um, so yeah, that, there needs more clarity. I agree with that.
So if we look at it and, and, and children first become uh, familiar with uh, their rights at school where they are taught and they will come back and they'll regurgitate it uh, very ably often, uh, Lawson, that, you know, I have the right to this. This is my body. I have this right and that right. But it comes with responsibilities. Do you think that it would be useful to have a clearer set of guidelines uh, for identifying these limits of free speech? Um, absolutely it would, and I think that's uh, the point that we, we made earlier about the fact that uh, the jurisprudence in the Equality Court has not developed uh, sufficiently as Norma Gugu has, has, has outlined just now. Uh, and there is no formal definition of hate speech in that act, uh, and you know that, that is something, and I, and I agree with the, with the caller KGM when he, when he points to that. I would, however, say that it's, it's unfair to blame the Constitution. The Constitution is very clear in setting out the rights to freedom of expression and the context in which that right applies, which includes uh, the, the right of uh, freedom to artistic creativity. And the, the restrictions are there in subsection 2 and uh, are expanded upon in the Equality Act as of our time. And, you know, the fact that we need to, to refine um, uh, the definition of hate speech within that act is, is something that I think we would, we would all agree upon. Uh, but again, as Amagugu has said, context is all important. So in, in, the, in, the, in the context of a, a comedy performance where uh, uh, a comedian is, is giving social or cultural comment uh, in a humorous way and is not intended to demean or, or to be hurtful and is not interpreted as being hurtful, uh, you know, then, then, then that, that, that passes uh, a legal and constitutional muster. It may sometimes be a fine line, and I think discussions of this nature uh, are very useful in, in helping to, in society to determine where that line should be drawn. And, and I think this, this discussion that has been happening within the country over the last few weeks, while much of it has been, has been very polarized and, and, and fueled with invective, uh, we are beginning to, 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 to tackle the very issue that really we need to tackle. Is As a society, where do we wish to place the limits? It's not simply that the law must tell us how to behave. It's, 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 it's South Africans themselves that need to articulate what is acceptable and what is not, not acceptable speech within the context of the kind of society that we wish to build. And I think we're beginning, uh, as difficult as it may be, to, uh, to have those conversations. And let's go to Simpiwe in Jeffreys Bay again. Good morning. Hi, Sakina. Look, I, I, I think first of all, I just want to, uh, to raise the issue that I want to rectify it. I could cut. I think I want to agree with the view that this is part of a bigger pyramid that wants to bankrupt our consciousness as South Africans, in particular as black South Africans, and drive us to the illusion that black people in this country had their opportunity and failed to lead. And as such, we should rather opt for a racist regime disguised under the pretense of being a legitimate democratic uh, alliance. And this has been the notion of some sections of the white people, including the media and some analysts, who harbor certain political agendas. Secondly, some sections of the white community continue to label black people as, who, who, who in fact, by the way, consistently vote for the African National Congress for the past 10 years as a voting ship. And, and they always make this comment when some of our own communities uh, go to the streets to protest against issues of service delivery. And these same, very same white people continue to label our own people as black ships. And I think this is wrong. This is undermining their thinking ability because they had confidence in the African National Congress, but they continue to label them as ships. And I think that kind of freedom of speech is being abused. And I, we as black people, we, our own country, when some of us 
suffered a lot in this country. And I think hate speech, hate speech must be dealt with. Those who who, who propagate hate speech must be sent to jail. Mm. But, but but then again, hate speech um, cannot be something um, that you become emotional about. I mean, the 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 the. the it, it has to be clearly outlined and there are certain um, conditions that need to be met. Uh, but let me bring Noma Kuku, uh, um, Lawson. Let me come to Lawson first and then come back to Noma Kuku. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think just on your last point, uh, Sakina, I think, you know, uh, it, it is about uh, psychological or emotional distress that is caused uh, by, by the offensive speech. And, it, you know, it's not just about uh, incitement to, to commit physical harm. Uh, but, you know, uh, included in that is psychological or emotional dis- distress that may flow objectively from, uh, from what is construed as hate speech. Uh, and, you know, it's not, not always the intention of the person who says it that is important, but it, it is how that, uh, that statement is construed. And I think, you know, the, the, the right to, to, to free political expression, I, unfortunately I couldn't really catch all of what uh, some people were saying, the line wasn't very good. But in terms of the... the, the the very, the very essence of being able to, to, to express political views through uh, processes of protest, of association, as well as the right to freedom of expression, I think are important uh, underpinnings of, of, of the, the very notion of the kind of constitutional democracy that we are seeking to entrench with in South Africa. I think we must ask ourselves what are we really scared of? What, what are we really afraid of? Are we afraid of just emotions getting hurt or are we afraid of the of what the the consequences of hate speech might be? Um, you know, when the constitution was drafted and, and this human rights culture was envisioned, um, the drafters of the constitution were considering things that have happened in the past due to to certain human rights violations. Hate speech was found to be the cause of um, the death of so many Jews in Germany. It was found to be a contributing, a very, very important contributing factor to the killing of 400 or 300,000 uh, Rwandese back in, in 1994. And that was due to hate speech that was propagated through radio by influential people who would incite others, mobilize other people to hate uh, certain groups of people based on their ethnicity. So I think we need to think about what are we really scared of. Uh, it's not just emotions getting hurt. It's about the bigger, the, the consequences that might result from from hate speech. And so we, we, we need to, to think about what our fears are and also think about um, the benefits from freedom of, 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 of expression. Uh, freedom of expression does facilitate us, um, allow us to, to talk about so many other things uh, in our politics, in our in our social lives, and economically, it's comment. It's it's fair comment. Freedom of expression is fa- is fair comment. It's comment that has value. Hate speech is comment that has no value. I think that is what we need to be clear about. And then um, this one a message on Facebook says: uh, Muslims face the most hate speech and discrimination and stereotyping all over the world, including South Africa. Just look at social media and comments on websites, but there's silence on this. Joey says during the student protest, there's where there were banners of Zuma must fall. Jen in KZN says it's insulting and wrong for blacks to keep saying that whites think um, it's what they think themselves, and no one knows what another person thinks. And then. 
then uh, lost in Peter Maritzburg says, uh, my home is illegally occupied. I don't have any in right uh, to remove the invaders. I'm told, what about my rights? Okay. Those are rights for another day. We'll come back to that some other time. Neliswa Simuku Tentane says, I so wish that this race issue was taken seriously when Lindiwe Mazibugo was labeled a tea girl uh, because she was in the DA. That's double racist and sexist. I guess uh, those exercise their freedom of speech. Why not now? Silo uh, Masilo says, Brainless will continue with a silliness notion of hashtag apartheid beneficiaries and its supporters will try harder to justify its legitimacy and this one says i'm against all racism but unfortunately we have now got to a stage when people not all black people regard any criticism however justified as racism and these are usually the same people who insist that only whites can be racist so it's very clear that there's a lot of work to be done here lawson uh, absolutely uh, i mean i think you know um the Constitution uh, envisaged uh, uh, South Africa moving towards becoming a non-racial society. And really what we, we're seeing in, 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 in the last few weeks and over the, you know, a period of time, uh, and particularly in the last few weeks, is this uh, uh, explosion of, of racially polarized uh, positions uh, and, you know, and, 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 and the conflation between uh, positions of, of, of racial polarization with, with positions of political polarization. And I think it, it, it speaks to a deficit of, of, of democratic dialogue, uh, which I referred to earlier, in the form of a, the continuous engagement about the kind of society we, that, we, that we wish to build in South Africa. And I think that the, the, the scene is not being set adequately by, uh, by the political leadership in the country in, in terms of setting the parameters of that debate, of engaging themselves in that debate in a way that is constructive, in a way that promotes the values of the Constitution, Based on the principles of equality, dignity, and human rights, and we, you know, we must, you know, this is a process that we need need to initiate. Whether one wants to call it a process of constitutional literacy and awareness, or, or, or democratic uh, uh, political awareness, and, and the responsibility to deal with issues that, as I say, are, are very contentious, given our particular divisive past, our racially divisive past which we, we cannot simply wish away. We need to understand that and understand that the pain and suffering that, that, that was inflicted on people is a pain and suffering that still exists today, given the inequalities in our society. So the kind of sensitivity that we need to have when dealing with these issues is something that has not always been seen uh, in recent times, and, and we, we simply see people pu- pulling each other apart and the racial invective increasing. And that's something that we, we, we need to be very concerned about because it has the real potential to sow uh, to sow social discord that will take us a long time to recover from. So I think, uh, uh, you know, those that are talking about uh, uh, about trying to build a, a common identity, a common a South African identity, where uh, we have a, a, a society based on the principles in the Constitution, is one that, that needs to be re-emphasized again. Norman Google. Okay. Um, well, final words. Well, I, in all of this, I think we must um, also think about, do we want to see a place where censorship, there's more censorship than there is now? Because if that is what we are vying for, I think that is just regression. That's going back. And in terms of people um, suggesting that there must be harsher p- penalties to those that speak their mind, um, here I'm talking about those that speak uh, racist 
Um, I, I don't agree with that. Um, I'm for freedom of expression. We're for freedom of expression. We think that the penalties that exist currently are substantial. They're enough. Um, currently, somebody can be taken to the court, a complaint can be raised to the Human Rights Commission, an apology can be demanded from that person, a fine can be demanded from that person. We've had individuals that have had to pay fines that amount up to 100000 So that should be enough to deter people and to also realize that uh, we are growing as a nation and we are on this transform- transformation bridge. This was bound to happen. It was not unexpected. Um, and, yeah, uh, agreed with the education that still needs to to be put. Um, but also just imagine the other side, which is a world or a country that is that has more censorship, that freedom of expression, that is totally undesirable, I think. Well, that's all we have time for this morning. And I guess the best way to do it is to actually put these things to the test. Um, uh, do express yourself. And, 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 and if you feel that you have been wronged, then there are avenues that you can actually um, uh, go to there where you can find recourse. And as Nomakuku says, people have been fined. Um, find some recourse and test the laws so that it can serve as case studies for people going forward. And thanks to our guest this morning, um, Nomakuku Nyati and Law. Naidu and to you for your participation as well as the production team for putting it out. It's nine o'clock and time for news with Kumbuzile Tabete.